Well, grace to you and peace from our God and Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, my sermon for today, I'm going to be speaking about one of the laws of physics. And perhaps that seems like kind of a weird introduction. Maybe for you in, in, in school, science wasn't maybe your favorite subject. Or you say, when I come to the church, why is the, the pastor suddenly going to be speaking about science? Yeah, the, the law of physics that I want to speak to you about today is called the second law of thermodynamics. And as I was growing up, for as we're going to see, the law has changed. When I was growing up, the law stated, everything moves from order to disorder. That's what the second law of thermodynamics originally said when I was a young man learning about science. Now, we simply ask the question, does that make sense? to us. Can we say that is really a law? And well, hopefully, as you reflect upon it, as you look at your life's experience, you in fact see this takes place everywhere. From the simplest thing within your life to the most complex, we see if something is left to itself, it moves from order to disorder, doesn't it? Right, you, you, you and your husband, you took a vacation, you left the kids at home, the kids did not bother to take care of the house at all, you returned home and you found your home had moved from order to disorder, right? The dishes were piled in the sink and the dust had built up on the furniture and there was, you know, stuff all over the place. It moved from order to disorder. And in fact, in anything that, that you men care for in your lives, right, you, you don't bother to wash your car. It moves from order to disorder. You don't bother to change the oil in your vehicle, right, order to disorder. You don't bother to rotate your tires. You don't bother to put new tires on, right? And there's your car sitting in the ditch, right? Because of that lack of care. And so certainly we find that to be true. In order to keep things together, we need some energy. We need to put something in to the system. Again, whether it be a piece of machinery, whether it be a relationship, whether it be the house that we, we live in, but whether it be the place where we work. It requires a constant input of energy to keep things together. We find that to be true. But, of course, as you maybe have made the connection... The people in the science community that are pro-evolution don't really like the second law of thermodynamics. Because they want to believe that somehow things are always just getting better. 
Somehow we evolved from a tiny little one-celled organism and just over time things improved, things got so much better until here we are today. And then comes this law of physics. Right? We as Missouri Synod Christians have argued for the last 70 years now at least Right? Well, look, there's this second law of thermodynamics. It says things get worse. Right? It says things are going to fall apart. It says if not for a master creator, if not for our work behind the scenes, if not for God's work behind the scenes, things disintegrate, things fall apart. Right? We believe in devolution. That means every generation we're getting a little bit less resistant to diseases. And every generation we're getting a little bit more run down. And every generation we're you know, adapting a little bit less. You see, is what we're teaching. The things are moving from order to disorder. Well, of course, all the scientific community, they didn't really like the old law. And so, well, you know, i got to be able to teach you accurately. If you go to uh, MIT today and you sit there in a physics classroom, what the professor is going to tell you is that the systems will reach equilibrium. And so there's going to be a little bit of a downward trend. I put a, I put a ball on the top of a ramp and it rolls down the ramp and then it stops at the bottom, you see. And so it's going to reach some kind of equilibrium. You put some energy into the system at the beginning and yeah, it deteriorates a little bit. But then everything is kind of okay. We reach the, this state that they call equilibrium. Right? Well, again, what they fail to, to kind of tell you is that, yeah, over time we know that the, the ramp the ball is on, you know, it's going to fall into disrepair. The, the table that the ball is sitting on now, it's going to crack and it's going to fade and deteriorate. Right? The ball is eventually going to hit the floor and eventually the house is going to come down on top of the ball, right? Everything is going to move from order to disorder, but they took that one little piece and that became the whole law here today. And so it's like, yeah, we'll, we'll admit that it's maybe going to get a little bit worse, but we sure don't like that idea that it's just all going to fall apart. But dear friends, really, that second law of thermodynamics, uh, that is our world today. And yet it's kind of bad news for most of us, isn't it? You would like to think, you know, that you could stop cleaning your house and everything would be okay. You would like to think you don't have to do your dishes and they won't just build up in the sink. 
You would like to think that you don't really have to work on any of your relationships, that all your friends will still like you and hang around with you. You would like to think you could just kind of stop and the world will keep on going nicely. But dear friends, we find that we really can't just stop, can we? And if I'm reflecting upon this, we begin to, to look into the things that Jesus taught. And one of the things he taught us was the Lord's Prayer, wasn't it? And the specific part of the Lord's Prayer that I'd like to talk about for today is Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, our Lord came and he asked us that, that we would pray this petition, part of the Lord's Prayer. He tells us that we need to do this, yeah, nearly constantly, right? You know, certainly we have the, the warning against vain repetition, right? Certainly that's there. But yet the Lord gives us in his prayer these fundamental aspects, doesn't he? And he says, you need to pray this. Well, if, if the world was just fine, why would we need to pray this, you see? And in fact, if the worst that really happens is we just kind of drop down a little bit and we reach this state of equilibrium and everything is okay, well, then maybe I don't really need to pray that either. But the fact of the matter is, when we look around at the world today, God's will is seldom. Right? God's will is often not being done. Well, certainly in the heavens it is, yeah. You know, certainly among the, the holy angels that remained with God that did not follow Satan into oblivion, certainly in heaven God's will is done 100% of the time. But here on this earth, we look around God's will is really being done less and less, isn't it? Now, hopefully in, in your own home it's being done, right? You know, as you honor God and as you've invited God to be in your home and in your relationships with your, your husband or wife, with your children, right, within, in, you know, that, that special place that you have formed, you know, hopefully, yeah, God's will is being done there. But all you have to do, really, is step out your door, don't you? And you go to the place where you work, and you see, right in this day and age, God's will is probably not being done in your workplace. And, in fact, maybe there's rules and regulations coming into effect for you, where you're beginning to wonder about the place where you work, if you can continue to be employed there, because it just kind of seems like people are making rules to prevent God's will from being done. 
And you go out into, into the secular world, you, you just kind of open up the internet on your computer and you know it's easy to see God's will not being done. Someone calls you on, on, on the phone with some kind of weird uh, request. We, we got one just, uh, just the other day. Publishers Clearinghouse has awarded you a lot of money. If you will call this number, then the UPS driver can bring it to your house. And right, so you, you call the number and that's going to cost you some extra extra cash and you know they want to have insurance in order to make sure the delivery comes to your house and wow, it's easy to get scammed, you know? In this world there's little things like that all the time. I live in this foreign country and I'm trying to get my assets into the United States. If you would help me, I would sure be willing to pay you. Just give me your bank account number. See? I can transfer my money to your bank account and, you know, you can get a reward. Yeah, sure. Right? Things moving from order to disorder. Things coming apart in our world. Things really a mess at times. And our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, He comes and He tells each of us, I want you always to pray. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. To pray for that. Now dear friends, maybe we've become jaded over time. Maybe as Lutherans we're not as active in prayer perhaps as some other denominations. But our Lord would not tell us to do this if it was not effective. You know, really think about it. For some people, at least in the world today, they, they kind of think, yeah, you know, the, the, those Christians, you know, they just kind of bow their head and they just kind of, oh, you know, stuff, stuff, blah, 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 stuff, oh, oh stuff, stuff. And, and what does that really do? But your friends, again, hopefully you, you've never come to that place. Hopefully that, that's not where you are, but it's possible. You know, you become jaded over time. You pray for some things and they didn't seem to, to happen. They didn't seem to work out. And, and you said in your mind, my prayer doesn't seem very effective. And I don't know what's going on. And, and maybe even God has forgotten about me. We probably all been there at times. But the Lord responds to that and He says, you know what? Your prayers are effective. And you know what? Here is the way that I want for you to be able to pray. Because when you actually pray, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, you start to look for what God wants you to do and how His will 
is being accomplished. Right, that really becomes one of the main aspects of prayer, is it gets us back closer with God again, doesn't it? You just think about your normal everyday relationships, right? What happens if you're kind of having a busy day and your mind is on other things and you, you kind of blow through your work center and you don't talk to your friend Phil? Right, there's Phil and Phil's a pretty good friend of yours and normally you, you, you know have good conversations and now suddenly you're, you're busy, uh, you have some extra pressure, right? There, there's other things on your mind. You know, someone's just in the hospital, maybe. And now you blow through the work center. You didn't bother to stop and talk to Phil. Now, how does Phil feel? He's like, oh, what's wrong? Yeah. What did I do? Is that guy mad at me? What's happening? And now normally for, for us, that's just kind of a once in a, a, a while experience. It doesn't you know, persist over time. But you know, imagine if now the second time you go by Phil, once again, you don't stop to talk to him. It's like, oh, he must really be mad at me. Well, I, I wonder what I did. And then pretty soon you become that kind of unapproachable type of person. You know, and then maybe Phil is gossiping with one of his other friends and, and Phil says, oh, you know, so-and-so. Oh, thinks he's too good for us now. Right? Doesn't even bother to stop a chat anymore. And I wonder what's up with him. But in that very same way, our relationship with the Lord comes to be effective when we say to ourselves, well, you know, maybe my prayers don't really matter, and maybe God has just kind of forgotten about me, and maybe I'm not even going to bother to pray today because it just doesn't even seem to really do anything. And what have you done? You stopped talking to God. Okay, and now that I've stopped talking to God, right, my relationship with Him begins to move from order to disorder, right? And you might say, well, maybe it just moves from here to equilibrium. And now maybe things just kind of go along and it's just kind of okay. Is it really nice to have your relationship with God be okay? No, you want it to be really good, don't you? And so what are some of the things that we begin to do to improve our relationship with the Lord? Well, we begin to pray. We begin to pray the Lord's prayer. We pray the prayer the Lord asked us to pray. And when we begin to have that inner life open up once again, right? we begin to put a little bit of energy into it, we're beginning to seek God, we're beginning to want to know God better. We're beginning to have that aspect that God is more real to me now because I actually invest some time with Him. Then out of that really comes that desire to come to church on Sunday, doesn't it? 
right? I want to be there in His house. I want to sing those songs of praise. I want to be able to worship Him. I want to, you know, the, the bottom line maybe is, I want to be obedient. Right? Then we have the commands, don't we? And we treat the commands like they're kind of optional at times, but, you know, when the Lord says, do not murder, then we say, well, that's a pretty good one, right? And the Lord says, you know, don't commit adultery. We say, oh, yeah, that's good for relationships. I won't do that one. Don't steal. No, that's really bad to steal. I'll, I'll not steal. Don't bear false witness. And then we kind of say, well, maybe that was optional. You know, sometimes I, sometimes I like to, you know, bear false witness, but other times maybe it's bad. And we say, well, you know, don't take the Lord's name in vain. And I say, well, I can maybe do that most of the time. Except when I'm really angry. I really hurt myself. And then, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And we say, well, yeah, maybe once in a while. Keep that But certainly, if you're out of relationship with the Lord, if your relationship with Him has moved from order to disorder, and then you come to the church on Sunday, and then you kind of say, what is the point, don't you? There is that pastor, he's droning on and on again. He's talking about stuff I don't really have an interest in. He read some scripture from that ancient book that you know belongs back there in the dusty past. We sang some of those songs, but you know they're from like 15th century Germany, and uh, you know don't really appeal to me. Can't wait till this is over. Not get out of here, right? They say, "Well, how can we fix that?" Well, it is fixed inside each person's heart, isn't it? is when people become discontent with being in a state of equilibrium. When they realize that equilibrium leads to disorder. I want something more. I want to put some energy into it once again. I want the Lord to be a part of my life. I want to be able to get up Monday morning and pray. Lord. Lord, go with me to my secular place of work. Lord, be with me in my relationships. Lord, let thy will be done today for me on earth, just as your will is always done in heaven. Aha! And now maybe a little chill kind of moves down the, the back of your neck and now beginning to feel the, the Holy Spirit's power in your life once again. And you come to that realization. Disorder. I don't want to be there. Equilibrium. That's not enough. I want the Lord in my life every day. Every place that I go, in every aspect of my world. 
I want to be able to go to my God as a friend, to be able to talk with Him about my daily troubles. I want to be able to live with Him in peace and in harmony. I want to be able to go to sleep at the end of the day with a clear conscience. I want to be able to stand and say, as Paul did in the Scripture, follow me because I follow Christ. To be that example. Right? To be able to put yourself out there. To be able to stand and say, I am a Christian. Examine the outcome of my way of life. See what a difference Jesus has made. And that's where evangelism comes from, doesn't it? It's not just that I, I summed up my courage and the pastor gave me a pamphlet and he said, go knock on 20 doors in your community. And so I thought I'd be a good Christian and try to do that. But rather, it comes from that center of the person who privately prays in their own home. Lord, let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And with that prayer as the center, then everything else flows from that, you see. Our desire to go to the church and assemble with other Christians. Our desire, yes, to, to have evangelism. Our desire to be able to say, I used to be like you, dear friend. But Jesus, he changed my life. Because so I want to tell you about him. And I want to tell you how your life can be changed as well. Nor tell you how his power can come to flow through you. And I want to tell you how that makes everything new again. You see, that's what the key of the Bible is. Not just one time we got filled with the Holy Spirit and we were way up here, but oh well, I've got to tell you, you're going to reach this point of equilibrium. And then that's probably how you're going to live the rest of your life, you know, at this kind of lower level where everything is just okay. And hopefully, you know, you're not going to move all the way into disorder because that would be really bad. But, you know, the Lord comes and says, I make all things new again. Right? We can be filled with that Holy Spirit every single day. Day, not just on Sunday morning. And we can take that Holy Spirit with us into our secular employment, into a, a world that, yes, even despises Christ. And with that wonderful power within us, yes, we can still make a difference. Because God works through people, doesn't he? 
He works through the people that in the morning are praying, Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And let it be done through me. Amen. And now by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.